Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Jared Vermeulen, who is with the Boca Raton Fire Rescue in Florida and has been for the past 16 years. He is currently assigned at Station 5 and rides Truck 5 as captain. Jared is also an author in which he just recently published his book titled The Modern Fire Officer, where its focus is to help current or aspiring officers building competency, leading confidently to overcome anything. With that being said, I present Jared Vermeulen. I'm Jared Vermeulen. I'm a uh, fire captain with the city of Boca Raton in South Florida. And I got into the fire service uh, kind of right at the buzzer. I never viewed myself as a fireman. I was a first, I'm a first generation fireman. My dad actually almost became one, but he already had a family and bills and everything. And to go to fire academy, you know, when you have all those responsibilities, this wasn't in the cards for him, but man, I, I wish he had done it because if he had, he'd be a definite chief of a department somewhere down here in South Florida for sure, because he's just one of those guys that's just got charisma and he's got work ethic for days and he would have definitely made something of himself for sure. Um, he would have bring out, made a lot of people happy at whatever department he would have been at. Right. But for me, I, I never saw myself doing anything in the medical field at all. I grew up watching shows like ER, you know, that came out in like 94. You know? and I'd, okay. I'd be watching that, you know, they'd be working a code and then like have to tell someone their family member died. And I'd think to myself, yeah, I'm not doing that. No right. way. That is not right. for me ever. So I never really thought of myself going into any kind of a medical career. And as you know, uh, a lot of what we do especially now more and more departments across the nation but especially in south florida it's fire rescue so we're both Mm -hmm. the entire city of boca where i work we're all paramedics and so we are you know expected to provide that care so yeah growing up i never saw myself as gonna be doing that and lo and behold here i am but i grew up doing construction my dad had a electrical business and then since I can remember, he'd, he worked side work. He'd pick me up from school. We'd go and do side work till 10 at night kind of deal. And I'd do my homework on the bus on the way to school in the morning. Right. And uh, so I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot about construction, learned what, what it takes to make a dollar, what hard work is like. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing he said, every time we're working hard doing something that sucked, he'd say, you want to do this for the rest of your life? <laughs> right let's say no i don't right right (laughs) like get an education do something better with your life so so, okay yes dad you know every time so uh i was actually enrolled at the fort lauderdale art institute of technology and um i was going there for industrial design engineering so that's kind of like prototyping Mm -hmm. uh, products and product creation design all that stuff and a couple guys that i that I grew up with kind of around my family. They were firemen and they, they kind of cornered me and they're like, dude, don't do that. Okay. And I said, okay. They're like, we know you don't do that. Become a fireman. And that was like the first time I ever thought of be- becoming a fireman. So I said, okay, tell me about it. X, Y, Z. This is what you get to do. You get to help people. You get paid. Great. This right. is retirement, all these things. And I was like, how have I not 
like heard of this before. <laughs> right, right. I don't ever give this a, a thought, you know. So I canceled everything for the artist Art Institute of Fort, uh, Fort Lauderdale, and and I put it all into Fire Academy and Paramedic and EMT. Um, I got into EMT first. Uh, it's kind of like a lottery system down here. Did that, but then I couldn't get into paramedic or fire right away. So I kind of took a year and traveled. I spent like a couple months in South America, some time in in Europe, kind of like a vagabond, just going to hostels, you know, like going real cheap, you know, and just experiencing life, you know. Right. And when I got back, I got into paramedic school, finished that out, and this is and. 2006 and when I finished that Boca was one of the departments that would put you in the hiring process if you were a medic and you were already accepted or going to fire academy with the idea that you'd pass with the stipulation you'd pass so literally my second day at fire academy I had a oral interview with with Boca Raton (laughs) the guys were busted my balls you know like Mm -hmm. you're not even a fireman yet right right and you're going to get an oral interview, but and I'll tell you, I put the hammer down uh, in Fire Academy. I tried my hardest, and I got the uh, outstanding firefighter candidate for the class. Nice. So like and, a like a top, top dog award. Yeah, the top top candidate. And gotcha, gotcha. Because I was like, oh, this is my shot. I'm taking it, man. I'm I killed myself in that class, mm-hmm. and uh, and those those guys, those instructors are funny dudes from Delray and uh, Riviera uh, Weiss and Cooper was my uh, my instructors for that and uh, they knew I wanted it and they wouldn't they were beating me up because they knew I wanted it if, right. if I got a perfect perfect score on a test they they would make it so I didn't just to see what I'd say and I kept my mouth shut man I was like I am saying a word <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah they, they were good that was that was with uh, PBCC at the time the fire academy and and got everything done thankfully got hired with the city of boca uh became a driver um went through the whole lieutenant for us lieutenants uh on the on the ambulance we have a four-door ambulance three three paramedics on that the officer is a lieutenant and then i've got promoted to captain and uh that's three firefighters. Everyone's paramedic. So all the trucks are ALS capable in the city of Boca. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I am today. Okay. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Boca Raton? Like how big, how many stations? And... Yeah. So we have eight stations, uh, pretty large city. I mean, it's not, you know, New York city, but right. we have eight stations. We run about 20,000 calls, I think a, a year between them. Wow. Um, so, and we run the gambit of calls. I, I would be willing to to bet we have one of the most dangerous stretches of I-95 that we service. All of Florida, I'm sure you've driven through Florida many times when you go south, you're just, it's like so boring, you fall asleep, it's straight. Mm-hmm. Well, they fall asleep and then they get to Boca and, and Boca makes some slight turns in and out and then they crash into a wall. <laughs> so okay. We run like a ton of I-95 all the time. That's, that's probably one of the most dangerous things we do. I think it's more dangerous than fire, to tell you the truth. Yeah. People, yeah. man, they will run you down yeah, if you don't keep your head on a swivel. Yeah. And uh, so we run a lot of that. In my zone, I have a airport. I have two colleges. One of them's FAU. Um, so okay. I just got on the map with the Owls. Yeah, with the NCAA. Yeah. 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 Final four. Good yeah. for them. Go Owls. And 
we got a huge mall, we have high rise, we have some light industrial, residential, water utilities, all kinds of stuff going on in, in that zone, old folks home. So we rerun a lot of different stuff, right? You know, just right. a lot of stuff. So it's good. It keeps you sharp. It keeps your head in a swivel. You know, you get you get to run a whole lot of different things, which is good for a career. Yeah. And yeah, uh, we have a lot of fun there. It's at, at my station. I, I take care of my guys as, as good as I can. I, I really put them first because they're my family, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I can't do it without them. And yeah, uh, no, they'll, they'll let you know they, that I can't do. So. <laughs> right. Right. Like yeah. most firemen will. Yeah. Um. So uh, how long were you a a backstep or a firefighter before you decided to get promoted? So I was a fireman for three years and I was on our hazmat TRT. Okay. Because when I was on probation, we, they needed hazmat techs and no one wanted to do it. So I took it while I was on probation. As soon as I got probation off probation, I went right to an engine. Okay. And, and then I did hazmat and then I was a hazmat driver too, for a little while. Um, and then, then I became a captain and then by default was a hazmat captain here and there right sure. now. I've, I've been away from that station. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I still do hazmat. If they need me for like a regional response, I'm still a hazmat tech that I, I can perform those duties. Okay. So you went from, from firefighter to the hazmat station. And then did you jump from that straight to captain? So in Boca, how it works is it's kind of like a lopsided triangle, if that makes any sense. Like the first promotion, you can go from firefighter to lieutenant to captain. You can go from firefighter to driver to captain. You can go from, so it's kind of like that lopsided triangle, if that makes sense. But you can also ding bong between them. So you can go firefighter, driver, lieutenant, captain. Okay. Okay. So I did, I did firefighter, driver, captain, but I also tested for lieutenant. But I I tested better for captain and got promoted to captain before my lieutenant promotion came up. Oh wow! Okay. But I stepped up to both at okay. the same time. So I did. I, I stepped up to lieutenant for a while, and I did that too to sh- just for some respect to show that that I at least have done that job. Tested right. was promotable. Right. And and I also w- worked at a adaptive response station. It was called where we had a station for a while that was three-man station and you depending on the call you got on either unit okay. either the ambulance or the truck we had a quint out there uh-huh. or four four-door rescue which was an ambulance, ambulance. so either way right. you were you were just did everything okay know, okay depending on the call okay and your ambulances are all staffed you said with three three medics yeah there's that most of the time you hear two so yeah no it is is very good we are very uh progressive with uh are manning in that in that way because it was certain units were were two man when I first got hired we upgraded that to three man and we are very uh, progressive with our medical in the city of Boca for sure that's we we give top notch care I can't say that anymore I mean we go the extra mile on medical awesome okay now that's always good to hear I mean like I said you talk to most fire firefighters in departments that that do ALS service and they're like yeah we run with two but seeing three that's, that's yeah that's and good. everyone on the department is paramedics that's right okay. so i mean i've been on an engine before where they're like we need 
a rescue and service, guess what? <laughs> you're getting you're on getting a rescue. You're, and you're, on a rescue. Yeah, you're an ambulance guy now. So, you know, either way, you're, right. you know, you're, you're running the calls, you're, you're doing medical. It might not be transporting to the hospital, but uh-huh. you're expected to uh, pull your weight as a paramedic. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so what would you say the culture is like within your department regarding pride training calls camaraderie? And if it's high, how do you maintain that? Or how do you develop it if it's not? Right. I, I think it's pretty good. I think it could be better though. Um, right. and you know, I, I'm not going to point a finger at any one person because it really lands on all of us to mm-hmm. build morale. I mean, yeah. and that comes from a position of, a major like strong foundation at home and once you have that at home once you have your life in order you've you've worked on yourself you can bring positivity to the station and that positivity is not going to get crushed the minute you walk in the door by something negative you're going to come in there you're going to be ready to work and happy that that's going to you know put everyone in that mindset and Mm -hmm. so that it behooves all of us to do that too to, to get our lives right, to, to bring that positivity to the station. So that's number one. It lands on all of us for uh, good morale. Um, it could be better. And it could always be better. Right. Um, right. I, I will say this. We have a very big pride uh, with, with our emergency medicine. Um, we've for a while have been do, do pretty well with uh, ClinCon and uh, emergency. Um, what do they call it? Uh, the emergency services competitions that they do down south, they win a okay. lot. And okay. we, like I said, we're very progressive. We, and and we give very good customer service. And that's something that um, we, we have a lot of pride in and that we, 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 we do care about the public a lot. And, and that's so important. And it's, it's important for your own, you know, mental health too. Absolutely. Yeah, truly is. And so I can say that that's very high. Our training is good. We, we have a good uh, training chief right now that, that really stepped up his the training for the department. Um, okay. He really cares. You can tell that he cares and uh, he's coming out as a BC now. So we're, we're going to have a new, a new chief in there. Okay. So we'll keep that up too, but we definitely have a solid training division. They take their job serious. They care about what they do. Um, for, for me, and for captains, um, we're pretty busy with state with uh, department training. They we train every day, essentially mm-hmm. with with department training. But right, right. I, I like doing because of that. I do a lot of hidden training. What I call, um, is, and essentially what that is is that you you go to a call, right? Maybe to a building you haven't seen in a couple of years. All right, the call's over. Now we're doing a walk around. What's here we haven't seen? Let's mm-hmm. let's pull the keys out, make the elevator go up and down. Let's check out the fire room, see what's going on with the fire pump. Let's whatever it, let's put the ladder up and see if we can get over the parapet wall. Right. You know, what if there's a fire here, what will we do? Right. And it only takes, you know, maybe 20, 30, right. 40 minutes. It's, yeah. It's simple. Yeah. And that's a slam dunk for training because yeah. it's not something where it's <clears throat> at the, training facility and we're not that building's not on the street you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. that that's great training it has its place but if we get a fire there we put the ladder up there you already right? know we already know how that goes yep. you know yep or or we could do some kind of enjoyable training what i like to call <laughs> enjoyable training is 
where we'll go someplace like the mall. It's a okay. huge target hazard. They say, you know what? Let's grab a cup of coffee while we're here. We'll say hi to people. We'll, um, you know, try to put a nice vibe out to the public. They can see us, know that we're there, know that we're present, know that we care about them. And we'll go and we'll check out the fire room there. We'll we'll go look at some of the occupancies. Okay. There. If, they, if there's an emergency here, we're definitely going to have to post someone at the door to get out of here because it's like a labyrinth in here with all the, the stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just like an easy day. You walk around, you see, you get your eyes on it. You get ideas out there. It's almost like a tabletop in motion. Okay. You know, so. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. So we, we're good in those, in those places for sure. Um, and uh, camaraderie is, is very good at the station level and, and, and a lot of the, the uh, stations and that, and that's really a, something that's built by the the captains mm-hmm. in my opinion I, I don't think you can look at admin and say this is their fault yeah. you know the, the, <laughs> you know can you the, say that again louder for the ones in the yeah. back although they have a responsibility to it absolutely okay they have a responsibility to it right. and there's many ways that they can raise morale but to me camaraderie is not a, the responsibility of of admin as much as it's mine mm-hmm. as a station captain Mm-hmm. right and everyone at that station if you're not a comrade there'll be no camaraderie right so you got to come in there again with the, the right attitude and that's that's comes from strong leaders informal and formal leaders you know they have to be the example yes and and now the rest of that fire crew knows hey you know that guy's having fun he's positive making me feel good mm-hmm. i'm gonna do the same thing mm-hmm. and i talk about that a lot in the book um that starts with the self and that's that's tough, you know. When you're making changes to yourself, that's that's hard to do. And mm-hmm. and I talk about four main things in there: uh, service, sacrifice, self control, humility. Mm-hmm. I focus on those big time because I really feel like those are the the core things that most people need to work on. People understand words like integrity. I have to be honest; those are actions. Yes, right. But when you serve other people, you're sacrificing your time and your energy. It takes self-control and you have to have humility to get it done. And, and when you can do that, you create an atmosphere within your, your station that's unbreakable. So that camaraderie will happen. I don't care who's there, mm-hmm. what color their skin is, any of that nonsense. Mm-hmm. We're a family. I could care less. Mm-hmm. You know, we are a family. I don't care what you do on your days off. So, and that's a shield of the crew, right? You're a shield of the crew. Right. As, as a station officer right. and you have to take responsibility. That's how shields work, right? right? If something comes down and your crew did it wrong, you better be the first one to stand up and say, that's my fault. I right. don't care if you were the one making that action or not, you know, barring some ridiculous negligent act uh, of a crew member, right? That's your fault. Mm-hmm. You train them. They're part of your crew. You're leading them to do those things. That's your fault. If, so you better stand up and, and take responsibility. And you want to see people get behind you quick? They will get in line if, if they see someone like that. I mean, if I see someone like that, I'm like, that's a guy I want to be with right there. Absolutely. That guy's got what it takes, you know, or, or lady. Right. And uh, so you got to be a shield of your crew. All those things, that's what builds camaraderie. Uh, I feel like our the camaraderie at my station is, is very strong. Um, I, you know, kind of pride myself on that. And, and 
I want to have a good time when I go to work too, man. I, I want to see happy faces. I want to do a good job. I want to come home happy. I want to go home safe. I want to do all those things. And right. I'll do what it takes to do that. If, if it takes a little extra work on my part, which it will, <laughs> not just a little, probably more yeah. like a lot, you know, right. a lot more energy, then I'll do it because that's where I find contentment and purpose. And, and that's where I can hopefully help my guys and girls to find contentment and purpose in their job. And once you can do that on the internal level, then you can do that on the external level out there on the street, man. If you, I talk about in the book, a firefighter that leaves the station with a smile on their face, even if they're a rookie, will outwork any expert firefighter that leaves that same station with a frown, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Hands down. It's attitude. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's got to start at the station. And that's a morale issue. It's a camaraderie issue. It's all those things. And you better take a hard look in the mirror if you're a company officer and say, what atmosphere am I making? Preaching, man. It's like uh, this is the second. So you're, you're my second interview today, but it, I, I'm in church again. So uh, <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 crazy. I mean, you have so many firemen that think yes, oh, admin or morale sucks. It's it's admin's fault, like you said to an extent. But we're the ones at the stations. We're the ones running the calls. And I I go back to a, a captain where I work with has stated it. He can control only what he he controls what he can control within the four walls of his fire station. He's like, after that, I don't care what else is going on. I control what's going on within my house, my crew, how they perform, how they react. So, but so many firemen want to point blame and don't want to look at themselves. Oh so yeah, it's just it's great that you yeah. Have, but I I'm, make the go ahead, go ahead. I make the firehouse. It's it's like a, a safety zone. Right. Right. People get back there. They, I want them to feel safe. I want them to be able to talk about whatever they want to talk about um, and just be safe from the minutia and whatever. If I have to, you know, shield them from some whatever is coming down the pike, whatever it takes. But I want that to the, the station to where people, as soon as they get to the station back from a call, whatever, maybe they could just, oh, man, you know, take a take a breath like man now mm -hmm. i'm at home mm -hmm. i can relax mm -hmm. you know this is safe right and i want that for me right too you know i'm i'm not immune to that i, right. I want to be able to get to the station and be like all right i can sit by the table and we we can have a good time mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. we're still going to do a good job that doesn't mean you're not going to do a good job but right. you're going to sit there and you're and you're going to have a good time with your family right yeah your your, your family away from home for sure yeah. i was drawing a blank when I was trying to think who thought of it, because I always like to give credit where credit's due. And it was a uh, Captain Chris Goforth, where I work at, who who I, we were talking about something. He was like, that's where I tell my my guys and girls, it's, you know, you can control what you can control within your four walls. But that leads me to the next thing, since you brought it up. Tell us about your book, The Modern Fire Officer, uh, which uh, pretty much I don't want to give away what it, what it's about, but it it has the. It definitely talks about you have building competency, leading confidently to overcome anything. So I want it's yours. You know, let us know how this came about. Right. So it's it's truly a challenge to you, the reader, as a fledgling officer to say, do you have the guts to look in the mirror and say, how good am I? Ask asking your spouse, how good am I? Ask your mentor, how good am I? Your firefighters, how good am I? And have the humility to, to hear what they have to say and then make a change, you know, 
And there's many things that we could do better as, as leaders in the firehouse. And it's not a joke. Like it's not a little thing. Right. A lot of people get into this mindset that ah, it's just a job, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't have to be that great at it. Just mm-hmm. got to get through the motions. And, yeah, and that might be okay. I guess if you're, you know, sitting backwards on a, on a fire truck, although I don't agree with that, you might be able to get through a career doing that. But if you're the leader, man, Maybe you should go back to sitting backwards, you know, because yep. you're going to make people miserable. Facts. Do you want to come to work and make people miserable and make them yeah. dumber? Yeah. You know, or you want to make them better? You know, you you signed up for a great thing when, when you became a company officer. You really did. Like, try to think about it. every time I, uh, it's going to sound corny, but I look at my badge, you know, my captain's mm-hmm. badge. I'm like, that's right, man. I'm doing something you know, and it, it makes me feel good about myself, but I want, I want to make people feel good about themselves. And, and I do that with the, you know, the atmosphere and, and the calls and all that, but it takes hard work. I'm constantly thinking to myself, man, I sucked at that or, or this part of my, um, you know, personality could do way better. And I got to hunker down and fix it. It's hard work, you know, to do that. And, that's really what the book's about. It's a challenge to you to be a better officer than the one before you. And a lot of the officers before me, and and you might have had the same experience, were officers that had zero emotional um, IQ. Mm-hmm. Right? They 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 weren't that interested in you. Uh, they were. This is what we're doing, and I'm not going back from. I said it, so we're doing it no matter what, even if it became stupid. Right now, now that okay, it, this makes no sense anymore. But I said it, so now we're gonna have to do it. Otherwise, I look like a fool. It's like, no, you look mm-hmm. like more like a fool when the call falls apart. Yep. You know, so all that stuff mixed in. We're we're just trying to get better than our predecessors, and that that doesn't mean we didn't respect them or the things that they've done because we mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. But we, if you're not trying to get better, man, that that's a problem. And and this is really just a challenge to you to get better and. One of the chapters, uh, it's called Be Fit to Lead, and it's all about becoming someone that you would want to follow. If you're not an example of a leader, if you're not a leader in your life, don't, don't expect anyone to, to want to follow you anywhere. Right. You know, if you wouldn't follow yourself, you know, how are you going to ask some, somebody in the firehouse to, to follow you, you know? And that that's a lot just in there, you know, all the things that you need to, to strengthen yourself with and it's it's your personality right you want to become a a servant leader that that's the kind of like the hot you know term now servant leadership right Right. but that's not enough in my opinion and i talk about a little bit in the book in a roundabout way but really modern fire officers are servant leaders but they have the confidence and the courage to be vulnerable and honest so there's a big difference there because you can be a servant leader right you can you can bend over backwards you can do things for your crew mm-hmm. but if you're not confident in yourself you don't have the self-esteem the self-confidence to say you know what i'm wrong or to say that call bothered me mm-hmm. did it bother you you're not going to be a good enough leader in the modern fire service we're taking on too many things in, yes. in the in the fire service we are doing stuff that our predecessors never did Yep. They're, they didn't go to active shooters. They didn't deal with pandemics. They didn't deal with a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with. And we're going to have to rewrite the books as we go right now. 
and and we're going to have to keep up with with all these changes and we're going to have to keep crews healthy through 30 years to to do that through an entire you know um to their entire service years and and that's a big deal so yeah. it's not just you know that part of your personality making it better becoming that servant leader with, with real confidence and courage because it takes those it takes confidence and courage to say i'm wrong show me how to do it better right right or you know this is how i'm feeling emotionally or whatever to be vulnerable like that you got to have real guts it's not the other way around it doesn't mean you're weak it means you got guts yeah to open yourself up yeah and then you go into the the health side right to to stay healthy to be an example you know of health if you're overweight man in the fire service and and you're expecting people to get behind you you know they, they might and no one will see them again because they're blocking them. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can't, yeah. you can't be overweight, you know, nope. way overweight. And then, and say like, look at me, I'm an example, not in the fire service. No. You know? So, and I'm not saying you got to be ripped because I'm not ripped. I exactly. wish I was. Exactly. You know? Yes. But I, I'm, I try to stay healthy. I try to, you know, be presentable that way to where people are like, Hey, this guy's trying, I should try too. you got to right. be an example in this. It's, it's the spiritual aspect, right? You got to get your mind right. You know, you got to find your faith, whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. if it's mm -hmm. in a higher power, if it's in God, if it's in your family, if it's in whatever, man, I don't care. The fire gods, you light a candle. I don't know. Right. You know, but, but right. get, you know, get, get faith in that and something. And that makes you mentally sound. Right. And mental soundness also comes from constant perspective realignment, as I put it in the book, where, that's how you stay positive because essentially that's what makes you mentally sound mm -hmm. positivity. Negativity will drain you completely. You'll be a shell. You'll be a skeleton right. inside. And um, constant perspective realignment is one of those things that meaning, okay, you change the glasses half empty to half full. How do I do that? Okay. This is my half full glass, right? Well, most people don't even have that. Now my has my glass is half full, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you look around to and it's easy to do as a fireman i think i mean the next call you run you could say that guy's is having a bad day my day is going pretty good right compared to that guy you know right. so it's yeah. it's easy to do like there's always an example of someone that has it harder than you be happy be content and be grateful for what you got you know and just yeah, keep absolutely that you know in your absolutely. in the back of your mind and, and it's so important as an officer it really is man you have to stay positive because things just drag on you, you know, especially when you start taking on, you know, some of the mental things of the station, you know, all the communication that goes on trying to care for, for the guys and girls in your crew, man, that's draining. Mm -hmm. You gotta, you gotta stay positive. And uh, Jordan Peterson, um, love him or hate him. I know he's a hot topic, but he said something like super profound to me. Um, and it's, it's just a very simple saying. And he says, be the strongest person at your father's funeral. It's, it's like so strong that one little sentence, very profound to, to do that. And really what he's getting at is that you're a rock, right? You, you're going to be the person that people will go to at your own father's funeral during their, your direst time, right? Mm -hmm. They will re rely on you during your most dire time. So you can kind of put anyone in that, but in your most dire time, are you still reliable? Right. You're a rock. Right. 
You know, you got to be that kind of a rock. And that's fortitude in the face of adversity. And that comes from a solid, unshakable foundation that's built on confidence from action. Right? You get confidence from action. Mm-hmm. And uh, action doesn't mean that you succeed every time. <clears throat> that th- Action is failure. And mm-hmm. I've had plenty yeah. of failures. So yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. all the time. And, I'm tell- and you learn from failures. Oh yeah. That's how you learn, man. You'll never do that again. That's why, you know, in the fire service, you want to, you want to fail like full speed because you'll never do that again. Yep. And definitely fail at when you're training when you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fail at training. Yep. And get all those things out of the way. So when you're on the street, it's nothing but slam dunks, you know? So, you know, all that together, um, that's, that's all part of the book. The first half of the book more is more about you. It's more about how are you going to be as a as someone that's a leader. Are you making yourself a leader that is followable? Mm-hmm. And then it, it moves on to just dealing with different things at, at the station level, understanding communication, understanding all the things that it takes. And although many of those things on their own are basic, right? putting them all together and doing them well, that's expert, right? Right. Just like any, any expert level thing, like a sport, Mm -hmm. right? It's all the basics, but then you put all the basics together and you do them well together. Now you're an expert. Mm -hmm. And, And essentially that's what this book is trying to teach a company officer is these are the basics, do them well, put them together. Now you're, now you're an expert. And they, that's a foundation you can go even further. Cause there's, there's so much, Right, the, absolutely. The fire service. So there's so much in leadership that you can yeah. do, and there's going to be situations that are going to, you know, blow some holes in your, you know, in your, your shield, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. and you got to patch them and keep moving. Yeah, you know. No, absolutely. I mean, I could, I could definitely relate to a, a lot, a lot of parts of your book because, I, like I said, I'm just a technically um, my official title is senior firefighter, which is a relief driver, but I still ride the back and I'm up front whenever our engineer is off or I need to go to a different station to drive. But I have worked with good captains and I've worked for shitty captains. And with both of them, you learn something from, you know, from, from dealing with both, you learn the good things and what not to be like. So I definitely understand that sentiment. It definitely stinks when you work with a, a shitty captain, because it's like, man, like, how did this guy get promoted? Like, how did we let this one slip through the cracks? Yeah. I like, I probably will. And my wife tells me never to say never, but I probably will never be a, 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 uh, a say a captain. Cause I, that's just, that's just not for me. Uh, the highest I want to go maybe is engineer, which is like a, a relief officer. Cause when the captain's off, right. you, he rides the seat, but you know, I've learned from that. I've learned from, okay, if I do go to this route, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm not going to do. And with another part that you stated was being the rock for your, for your family during, you know, a a dire time. So my mom passed away 10 years ago. I had to be that rockish, I guess you could say for my dad, because, and I'm not sure if it's because what I've done for a living that has kind of like, I I wouldn't want to say like hardened my heart, but like I've seen some bad stuff. Like I don't tell my dad I've seen. So when my mom was going through her whole cancer thing, like I've, I've been on calls with cancer patients. I've seen death. So 
I don't know if that helped me, but I had to be that rock for my dad. I spoke at my mom's eulogy. I had to write a eulogy that I didn't think I'd ever have to do. Right. So all that, I believe doing what we do can mold you into either a good person or a person, a person that's weak or a bad person, but it definitely, you definitely have to find that balance for sure. Oh yeah. And uh, two things there, you know, when you're that rock, that doesn't mean you can't be vulnerable. Right. You know, you can still share feelings. You can still rely on other people too. Right. You know, in, in times of need, you know, and those captains that were crappy, you know, they're not doing themselves any favors. I mean, they're obviously not doing their crew any favors, but you think they enjoy what they do coming to work being crappy? They probably hate everything. Their life probably sucks. It's like you're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah. Come to work and have a good time, you know? Work hard, have some pride, have some contentment and meaning and purpose, you know? And you're going to feel good and have passion, have energy, you know? Like, do yourself a a favor, you know? if anything, I don't know, most most people like that are selfish. That's why they do that, you know? So if, turn yep. that around and help yourself, and then it's going to help everyone, you know, that, that unfortunately has to deal with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, and, it, and it, we all know who they are because when you get detailed, if you get like a station bid or a new station assignment and you go to that person, you're guaranteed to get phone calls or texts that are going to go, man, yep. sorry, <laughs> like... Yep. It happens. It, it, yeah. it continues to happen. Oh yeah, for sure. They'll blow up your phone. Be like, ah, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like, guy. hey, get ready, get ready for what I have to go through with your turn. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no. Um, but one question I had. Uh, so, like, what what sparked this to 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 create the book? And how do you go about? Okay, like you you had the you had the idea. You know what? I'm gonna do this book. How do you go about making that, getting that done? Like, who do you contact for all that? So this was a, a big learning curve for me, for sure. I'm, I mean, I've never written a book, right. authored anything. I wouldn't consider myself, you know, an author. <laughs> right. But, right. Um, yeah, so I, I've been helping as many guys as I can within my department become captains if they whenever promotionals come up i mm-hmm. i try to make as much time as i can for them i try mm-hmm. to set up uh scenarios for them when they're doing their promotional assessment centers as as good as it can do for them even if i'm on duty doesn't matter i, I just try to make time for them and and get these guys you know the, the best shot because we have a it's it's not a huge department we have about 250 guys and and girls give or take right um but the upward motion is is limited you know okay. there may be a couple promotions on each list and that's right be year. so right it's competitive to say the mm-hmm. least so but i help everyone equally if you come to me and say i need help it's game on i'm gonna give you help you know i, I will do what i can to help you so i've been doing that um because I'm at one of the busier stations in my department, my battalion chief puts captains usually with me that will be signed off uh, for their final sign off on our step up packet. Okay. So then we go and look at all the target hazards. You know, we, we talk about different things, let them run calls, see what they're doing. Um, just kind of critique them. And then usually on like their last day, I won't, I'll just act like a 
salty old fireman in the back and <laughs> uh, they'll be like hey what should i do i'm like i don't know you tell me i'm a you salty old fireman right right, you know? right, right. Kind of deal. and uh but you know give them the best advice i can give and really uh, all like the the major amount of what i was telling them had to do with in, internal customer care it, it wasn't the, the guys know their job when they're when they're reaching out for uh those those positions They've been on the department long enough. They they're good at what they're doing. They care. They know yeah. how to take care of patients. I'm not going to teach them much on that, you know. Mm-hmm. But the internal customer part that I it's just constantly like, okay, if you, this situation, do this. You know, this situation, do this. Be humble. Maybe it's your fault. You know, th- these different things. Think about all these things together. You know, be that rock. And all that is really a just a derivative of communication. Right. And, and that's one of the things I just like pound home communication, communication, because, yeah, it's draining and it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Real communication. And a lot of that is body language. And a lot of that is listening. It's not you talking. It's listening too. so all these things I was just kind of saying over and over again to the guys that would come through my station. And and they're and they're good friends of mine, too. A, a lot of the guys, which which I'm proud to say, because these are great guys. Right. You know, and I'd love for them to run on my family, you know, right. so I'm going to help them as much as I can. Right. And uh, so I, I thought to myself, well, when I just put this in a book, maybe it'll be helpful to other people and and get it out there, you know, and I, it seemed to be helping, you know, those that, that I talked to. Uh, they could have just been lying right to my face, I guess. <laughs> they get their stuff up, signed up, their packet signed up or whatever. But right. But you know, I thought it'd be helpful to them. I thought it'd get, get the word out there. And, you know, that that's one of the biggest things I was going to talk about later in the podcast is that we could do better as fire departments is just communicate, right? We're like islands. So you know? that was actually going to be one of my, I'm just going to ask the question right now then. So I, I especially when it, I usually ask this question, especially when the, the, the individual I'm interviewing is uh, some sort of officer or chief officer. So the question is, do you believe communication amongst all ranks within a department is a must for that department to succeed? Oh, 100%. Okay. I mean, that is the number one thing in my mind. That's what fire departments across the world can work on is communication. Yes. Communication within the department at all levels, communication between departments, communication between departments of different nationalities. I mean... We have this wonderful thing called the internet now, you know, where we can mm-hmm. trade all these ideas, you know, mm-hmm. if something's dumb, let's stop doing it. Right. Together. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Let's, let's get together and do this. I mean, that's how some of the greatest inventions were made as they got all these different scientists together, you know, one room and said, okay, attack this problem. We, we got to do that. All the different fire departments, we got to attack the problems that, that we have across mm-hmm. the board, mm-hmm. you know, if, and if, uh, a neighboring fire department is just crushing, you know, some issue. We might never even know about it. They're right there. Right you know, there. They, they've essentially stopped this issue from happening. Yep. And we're dealing with it every day. Why the heck are we not implementing those ideas immediately? Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's on a broad spectrum on a, on a, you know, on a small spectrum. Yeah. We got to communicate. And really the higher you go in the department hierarchy, the more you better get ready to communicate because you're doing skills less. Preach. You're communicating more, right? right? All you're doing is communicating. That's all I do all day. I just talk. 
constantly. That's why I wish my voice wasn't so, you know, monochrome and annoying. Voice is fine, man. You're good. You're good. I have no issues. You know, so just because talking and talking and listening and talking, but that's what it takes to create a relationship. You're not going to do it by staring at each other like cavemen. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to talk, Mm -hmm. you know, so, but you actually have to have humility to implement too, because, so, you know, for something like admin, right. They, they got to communicate with the boots on the ground. What do you need to make your job better? Right. But don't be patronizing. Don't, oh yeah. What do you need? Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll get right on that. And yeah, we're not listening to a dang thing. They just said, right. Have the humility to say, okay, these are our senior officers. They're all saying we need this, probably need that. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get that? Mm-hmm. Right. And get over ourselves for whatever idea that we had, because there's um, an issue with the fire department that I've seen where you have a, you're always on a 15 year delay. And I say this because the guy that wants to become chief, right. About 15 years out from that. So the day he's like, I want to be a chief. Right. Right. It takes about 15 years for him to get to be the chief of the department. Usually. I mean, it, it takes a while to go all the way up through the race, whatever. Right, right. Well, the ideas that he had 15 years ago, he implements when he becomes a chief. Right. So now we're implementing 15 year old ideas. Right. OK. But if you can get over yourself and say, hey, these were outdated, some of these. Now this is what it is. Mm-hmm. These guys are telling me that it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll do this instead. Mm-hmm. You want to see progression that's how you get progression you have humility you have communication you're not afraid to implement the ideas of somebody else when they are the ones doing the work and that takes communication you got to come to the station level you got to trust those guys it's trust and empowerment right now we're getting buy-ins you're you're trusting your officers you're empowering them to do these things you want to see them work hard now they have an investment in what that was they want to see it succeed if i just told my chief listen uh we need an arf truck right I'm going to make sure that thing works out. If I get an ARF truck, I will work my butt off to make sure I'm not no dummy now. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. really what we need. But but right. also, I mean, if it doesn't make any sense, I will apologize, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we will work together to get those things to take place. So there is a trust between that. There's an empowerment. And there is that humility to say, I'm wrong. You're right on both sides. And that should happen on every level, all the way up the ranks all the way back down the ranks mm-hmm. and, and even through it, that, that, that doesn't have to do with hierarchy. Right. To me, the right. chief of the department can go to the rookie day one and the rookie could say, Hey, that that's dangerous right there. And if, and if he's like, what do you know? You're a rookie and, and mm-hmm. someone could get killed, you know? So that's just, that's the nature of the beast. Right. You know, we got to be able to listen to each other and respect each other, trust each other, empower each other, and we get buy-ins, we get investment into the, into what we're doing. And that's when you'll see morale, camaraderie, all those things explode. So yeah, communication, American Fire Service, we could do that 100% better. better. And we could continue to get better at that for sure. Absolutely. Now hit it on the nail, man. I mean, like I said, I'm a fireman and I've been around other firemen. And it's funny how firemen always want to blame higher-ups which it's, in my opinion, it's a two-way street. If if you want the fire, if you want something and you want the fire chief to get it, you got to show him why he needs to go out and get it. You can't just say, I want it because, because what? Yep. Like you have to, 
you have to put in the work to show why it needs to be purchased or received. But then two, I hate whenever you have firemen that are doing the right things, but then from the higher up standard, the message is not getting received. It's it's delayed right. in, in transport and it never seems to get to that to right. where it needs to go. So yeah, communication is big there too, because and and I always say a step up makes the best firefighter. So what I mean is if you're a fireman, you step up to driver, now you know what a driver has to deal with. Right. If you're a driver, you step up to captain, you know what a captain's dealing with, so on and so forth. What that is is a sharing of knowledge to understand that, okay, here's the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Right. This is why this doesn't work. You know, so if you're a fireman, right, hey, we could be doing this boots on the ground, right? We send it up the pike, and all you get back is a no. They're like, hey, what gives? Yeah. Right? Well, they might have a great reason. Right. But if they don't come down to you and, and, and one-on-one you. say, listen, thank you. Dude, this this is why. Okay, our budget is stretched. We're trying to get this for you right now. Right. we we feel this is more important for the the department as a whole. Right. You as a fireman be like, oh, wow, thank you. I'm, thank you know, I'm, I'm sorry exactly. I complained. And then someone brings it up in the firehouse. I know that's no, not what it is. It's exact this. man. So it's, yeah, yes. it's communication all the way down, all the way back up. But yes. it's also humility too, to where if you're, you know, implementing something and it's not going well, you could say, okay, that was a bad idea. Or if, if some protocol rule or whatever keeps getting broke, okay, it probably doesn't work. Mm-hmm. maybe we should re- revamp it you know mm-hmm. so it, we're, we're all learning this together it's it's growing pains and we're all going to feel it but the more we communicate the better we're, that we're going to be you know dealing with all these things together no know? great and it takes it takes strength to do that and that's kind of where the, what i talk about in the book is you have to have not only that inner strength that you're you're fit to lead but you also have to have the communication ability to do it Right. If you if you were a mute, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. going to be pretty hard. You know, you got to you got to get out there. You got to talk, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it's so important, especially, like I said, at the higher up you go. And and unfortunately, usually the, the higher it goes, the further away it seems to become. Yeah. You know, we're talking like about admin at the ivory tower. It's unreasonable. Right. We never yes. see them. Yes. So my advice to any chief listening. Visit stations once a week. Right. You don't have to visit every station. Go once a week. Go to a station. Don't look for things wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just go there and be nice to the guys. Say good job, you know, because they're doing a good job. Otherwise, the department would cease to exist. If they were doing that bad of a job, you wouldn't exist anymore. The the, the community would revolt. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. go down mm-hmm. there, say good job. Don't look for things wrong. Right. Tell them what you're what you're up to, what's in the budget, what's coming down the pike, all the different things. Give some high fives, you know. Hopefully, if someone's getting promoted, bring them a cake. I don't know. Do something yeah. nice. Right. You know, and that goes right. a long way. Right. You know, right. that's all zero cost items that go a long way, you know, Absolutely. and it helps the station captain immensely, immensely. Because when you put something out there, that's not that fun because, you know, the national reporting system wants you to do it or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and the captain is now getting beat up from them. Mm-hmm. This is bull crap. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. The captain's has... Uh, it's easier on the captain because you came down it shows solidarity right there's more communication and you can say hey you know they're they're working for us they got to do what they got to do we got to do what we got to do let's let's do this together right and that's all communication that's working together you know 
Yep. No, preach. Preach. Like I said, man. Oh, it's 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 great hearing that. I had um last week I interviewed, so I I, I am a fire nerd. I follow a shit ton of fire departments all over the country. I mean, I, I, of course, I know I can't follow all, but I follow a good number. And I had uh, the pleasure of having Chief uh, Calperthwaite with Christiana Fire Company in Delaware. They're a combination department, one of Delaware's busiest departments. And that guy, man, he is a fireman's chief. Like, he loves going to fires. He loves, he still rides the trucks when he can with, with his guys. He'll be in the back. He doesn't care. Like just the, his mindset and the way his 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 uh, administration around him support each other just shows why that fire department is who they are. Like they they have a great social media presence, uh, low hose beds, smooth bores, minutemans. It's just that's what you want. Like that's and I wish more fire chiefs were like that because he never forgot where he came from. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that, that takes work, you know, and that that's constant perspective realignment too, where, you know, something happens in the fire, fire service. Now, granted there, there can be some pretty crazy stuff. Firemen are nuts. Yes. They do some yeah. pretty dumb stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've yeah, done yeah, some yeah. pretty dumb stuff myself. You right. Know? Right. Right. But for the most part, the little things, you know, if that's your biggest problem at the fire department, pat yourself on the back, mm-hmm. you know, things are pretty good. We can yeah. get better. But things are pretty good. Be thankful right. for what you have. Right. That's how you get sure. a healthy state of mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And and from what I hear, you know, talking about that that fire chief, something that sets him apart is that he knows the difference between tradition and history. So something on uh, Beyond the Shield, they talked about this a little bit uh, with James Gearing. But what what that is is tradi- there's tradition and then there's history, right? And you got to separate the two. Okay. To where we're, we're now, we got to make sense now, right? It, should we celebrate that as history, like the high hose bed, right? Uh-huh. That was part of history. We could celebrate mm-hmm. that. That was cool, right? You know, or a helmet that was way too big. It right. looks cool, right? But it hurts your neck, right? You know? <laughs> right. And, and so we separate that from tradition, where we say, okay, that was a great part of history, but now we're going to do a little bit better for the needs of today. Right. So now we're going to have a lower hose bed. So we're not going to fall off the truck and die. Right. That kind of stuff. It just makes sense. And a lot of that comes with having the, the guts to make those changes, you know, and, and there's going to be people against that, you know, in the fire service, they're going to see that and be like, no way. Yeah. I want my fire helmet to look like a sombrero and I want to be 60 feet in the air loading hose, you know? <laughs> right. But they'll come around because it's smarter. Mm hmm. And and you got to have guts to do that, but you also have to be able to communicate to do that. Yes, and and sit with someone, right, and tell them this is why I'm doing it. And the other side of that coin too is respect. So mm-hmm. if you build respect, mm-hmm. you'll build a buy-in too with that. So if you if you can build respect, and you build respect by showing you care, right, showing it's, it's showing your work ethic, right. Yes. You you can you can go out and you can do the best extrication people have ever seen. You could open a car with a tin can opener, or some crap, or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. awesome. But if you get back to the station, tell everyone they suck all day, yep. you'll have zero respect. Yep. I don't care how good you are. So that, that comes with, you want respect, you give respect. You put people on a pedestal, they'll put you on a pedestal. And, and I mean, that's, that's a lot of what the book's about, you know, awesome. putting your, putting your crew on a pedestal. And I'm, I mean, I'm not perfect, 
Nobody is the first to admit. Yeah, I nobody am. is. And, that, I, and that's that that's part of the humility. If, if right. you can admit that, which I can admit, I am not perfect. I don't know everything, but at least when I when I go to work, I give it my all. Right. I, I wish I was as good as my book <laughs> every day, you know. But that's right. something I gotta keep keep building towards. And, right. but I will tell one say one thing is I look at my crew like my family. I'm going to take care of them because it makes me happy and it makes them happy. And it makes me happy to see that they're happy. So it's this whole, mm -hmm. you know, cycle to where now that's going to spill out onto the street. We're going to give customer care. That's going to be second and none. And at this, and then when that customer care is second and none, we're going to create purpose and meaning in our own lives. And it's just a snowball man where it just keeps going to where that, that career is going to go by in the blink of an eye. And you're going to look back and be like, damn right i made a difference you know right. when you're i'd like to think when i'm you know rocking on the on the front porch with a nice you know bourbon <laughs> mm -hmm. i can look back and say you know what i crushed it right you know? with with also because i talked about this uh with another guest when you hit that retirement part you need to also be able to come terms with your career will not last forever it is right. still coming to an end. And hopefully you've built that foundation where when you walk home into your house, it's not empty because you forgot that right. you, that you yeah. had a family. And yeah, that's another not... thing with firemen. We get so wrapped up. And I think Corley Moore calls it um, the fire service could be somebody's mistress because that's all you've known and you neglect mm -hmm. what's, what's important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, again the your home is your foundation you will be sad you will not succeed in the fire department if you do not make your home life number one period that's just the truth and for those that don't agree um you better start agreeing or you're going to be very sad in the near future you're going to have a crisis you're going to be dealing with effects of ptsd all those things are a part of not having that foundation because you have to have that strength at home, you have to have that inner strength or you're going to be in trouble, man. And, and I, I talk about that in the book. And one of the chapters, it's called Silent Killers. It's about PTSD, substance okay. abuse. And I went through it myself in my 10 year mark. I went through PTSD and I realized something, you know, when you're young and dumb in, in the fire service, you're, you're running these calls, you're looking at this stuff. You don't know what the heck's going on half the time. You're just trying to like stay with it, do a good job show off maybe i don't know you're, you're you know you're like a kid inside yeah, yeah. and uh, little did i know over 10 years is doing that i'm paying out emotional currency you know i'm paying it out boom boom i'm seeing these things paying it out paying it out and i'm not reflecting on what i was doing enough to put emotional currency back in right so i was paying out paying out paying out paying out and all of a sudden i found myself in a crisis mm -hmm. where my wife noticed it. She says, you've changed. Like, what's wrong with you? You know, and luckily she was, we're very open and honest with each other and right. communicate because right. that could have just, when I come home from work and, and the kids and she's gone, you know, <laughs> yeah. that could be one yeah. of those situations. Which has happened. Yeah. And instead it's a, you're, you're changing. You need to fix yourself. I don't know what this is. And mm -hmm. then I, we, had some seriously uncomfortable open dialogue because that's what it takes when you're dealing mm -hmm. with these things. And I realized mm -hmm. I had been paying out all this emotional currency. I needed to put emotional currency back in. So now I really cut, I really focus on customer service. That's, that's how you put emotional currency back in. 
that's such like a hard thing right now with the fire department. How do we get guys to do customer service, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how you get them to do it. Realize customer service is for you, the individual. It's it's great for the person that that you give it to, right? It, it, whether they appreciate it or not, mm -hmm. and and that's nice. And and we want to do those things for them. It's great for the department. It reflects great on the department. Right. Look, look what you did. My taxpayer money is at, oh, my tax money at work. Oh, this is great. And it is. But for a 30-year career, customer service is for you. Hmm. It's for you. Mm -hmm. You're putting that emotional currency back in your bank. You're making, you're giving your own life meaning and purpose, right? You, you don't leave a call, even if it was like a disgusting call where you had to clean feces off of somebody. Right, right, right. It was gross and you can complain about it all you want. It's not fun, but you don't think to yourself after helping someone and, and dignifying someone that, man, I'm a piece of garbage. No, deep down in your core, you're like, I'm a good person mm -hmm. from that. Mm -hmm. Maybe not all the time, but for, in that moment, man, I that did moment. something that yeah. was right for another human being. Right. And you're putting that emotional currency back into that, that bank. And if you don't do that, you don't focus on, on, on that aspect of, of your job of helping other people in that way, you're going to have a crisis in your career like I did. Everyone is born with a, a different amount of emotional currency. Mm -hmm. So you might run out quick. You might yep. run out right at the end. I don't know. <laughs> Try not to run out. Mm -hmm. Think about what you're doing, the difference that you're making internally and externally, different customers, uh, and put that emotional currency back in your bank. That that has to do with that that whole pride and ownership thing. But, it, but it's also reflecting on the on the differences that you're making and letting it heal you and it's not a bragging thing it's not like look what i'm doing oh i'm so wonderful it's a right. i'm i'm making myself whole again all these things are stealing from me mm -hmm. from my well-being all these things whether you think i don't care how strong you think you are you go to some of these calls it's terrible yeah some of these calls <laughs> are jacked up man I'm it's freaking terrible man it it's, it's you i know for me it it makes me thankful for what I have. And I can tell you, and I, I tell anybody else to ask when I was younger, I could handle most calls like, you know, Oh man, yeah, it stinks. We do it. We're done. We're clear. We go back to the firehouse, whatever. But now that I am married and I have a daughter, if I run a call with a child, I'm looking at my child. Oh yeah. My situation. Like, damn. Like when I get back in the truck, I'd be like, I cannot imagine if I had to go through that. So yep. It definitely, yes, life experiences yeah. definitely change you. And, but you can't lose that, too, right. that empathy. You have to have it. I talk about that in the book, too. Like, how to know what, what to do mm -hmm. when, when, when you're writing the rules as you go. It's, it's empathy, right? Having that empathy, putting yourself, putting your family members in that position, what you would do for them, what you would expect. That's how you know what's right and what's wrong mm -hmm. when there's no written rules. So you can't lose that, that empathy. Yes. You, you you have to strengthen it really but when you do that you're you're almost opening that bank you yeah. know like wide open so when yeah so then you got to really start putting stuff back in so you really yes. got to focus on on the good that you're doing you got to help your crew to do that too and you know after the call whatever it is when uh a great example uh last shift we had a a a guy about my dad's age okay playing playing softball cardiac arrest sudden cardiac arrest okay we worked this guy i mean i could tell right away we got a buy-in like we were not letting this guy die 
okay. type thing. Like the police got there right away. They have AEDs. They started care. We took over care. My whole truck got into the the, the ambulance. All our whole crew was was working this code. We get to this the hospital. They're, they're looking at us. They could see on our faces like this is not like the normal like code. We're we work hard for everybody, but I don't know what it was. We mm-hmm. were just just man, we're not giving up on this freaking guy. I don't. It was mm-hmm. Easter Sunday. We're doing this, you know. Right. Right. They they saw us and they're like, oh. We're stepping it up too. Okay. Cardiologists were coming down. They they were doing stuff that they were rewriting rules. We we brought this guy to the cath lab still um, in cardiac arrest. I okay. hope I'm not saying too much for him. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. No, this, <laughs> this is good. This is good. Keep right? going. Unfortunately, he still passed away. Okay. After all of those things, right? So this is it's a it's a moment that you can define as an officer, mm-hmm. right? You can be crushed mm-hmm. or you can be ecstatic. Which one are you going to help your crew to be? Right. When I got back to the station, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I want to see that guy live, man. It, right. it hurt. Yeah. And yeah. and I told the guys and, and girls, like, you guys did an amazing job. I got to say, I mean, you guys did. I could, I could tell every single one of you had, had a buy-in on this call. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't any kind of, you know, you're going through the motions, like something clicked. You guys cared. I want you to know that what you did here was not a waste. It was not a waste. Right. That care, you gave it your all. Right. Put that emotional currency back in your bank. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote them a, a commendation uh, for it. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to like brag or whatever. I'm just trying to say that take those moments to yeah. help your crew. Yeah. yeah. Right. Turn, turn this fragile moment, right. Into, into something greater. Yeah. Help well, them to, to make that something that makes them better, that yeah. they gave it their all. They did yeah. their best, you know, no matter the outcome. Yeah. No, it's not, I, it's not the outcome. I, I see it as pretty much take that loss into a win. Yes. Right. It's a loss yeah. at, you guys gave it your all. He still passed away, but turned it into a win for the crew to, because every, I don't care who you are. You could be the biggest, baddest male, female firefighter out there. Who doesn't love a pat on the back? Who doesn't love a attaboy? Good job. Like that mm-hmm. shit makes me feel good when one of my crew members or somebody in the fire department goes, Hey man, awesome job. Yeah. And at the same time, be honest, be vulnerable. Like uh, I, I wanted him to survive. Like mm-hmm. I told him I'm bummed. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm impressed. Yes. And I and I said, I would hope, God forbid, that this ever happened, you know, to any one of my family members or me. That's who you want showing that up. That you guys were the ones that show up because yep. God damn. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, I I like I said, you're preaching, preaching, because yes. I the way the way I kind of have helped myself look at that situation, you try and try and try it unsuccessful. I always look at it as I didn't cause the emergency. I'm just there to help mitigate it to the best of my ability. If you can look at it that way, you should be able to feel good about yourself, even if the results aren't what you want. Because at the end of the day, we're all on borrowed time and you never know when the maker's like, hey, it's your time. It is what it is. And I talk about that uh, in the book, in the PTSD portion, that that is a how you offset PTSD is through training your crew 
to do it right the first time. Mm -hmm. You break down all those regrets that you could have. You know, if, if you show up and do a crap job, yeah, you're going to have regrets. You're going to, that's going to fuel some of that PTSD issue that, right. that you have. Right. But if you get there and you knock it out of the park, you did your best, man. You, you can have mm -hmm. pride in that. Mm -hmm. and, and again, that's perspective realignment. You look at that situation. You say, I came in here and a situation I didn't cause, but I gave that person the best fighting chance that they could have. And I'm going to put my mark on it and be proud of that moment. And I'm going to put that currency back into my bank. Absolutely. No. Awesome. Awesome, man. Um, so I don't know what I should do. That. Well, yeah, I can actually. What, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving this job? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a loaded question. You know, there's so many things, but again, it's, it's strong faith, uh -huh. strong family <clears throat> in, in that order, right? You, you got to be sound and then you can strengthen your family. That that's my foundation. So I got to, that comes first, 100%. Oh, the firehouse can disappear mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. that is going to take 1% hit. Right. That is that is my foundation. That is gold. I cannot let that falter. Right. I fit my family, my faith. I have to be. I have to prioritize those things. If you don't prioritize that, then you'll be blown over by the faintest breeze. Essentially, if you don't have that strong foundation, right, that is pushed down into the the earth. You know, mm -hmm. that's solid. Then, then forget it. So that's that's what I do. I, I focus on my family. I focus on communicating with my wife a lot, maybe too much. <laughs> no, I mean you gotta have somebody you know? to communicate to. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also you gotta focus on your health too. You know the, the the spiritual aspect of those things, the mental, right? That's the whole perspective, mm -hmm. keeping positivity, but also the physical, right? You gotta uh, prioritize your health too over stupid things if if you're being up all night because you're looking at social media garbage right you need to turn your phone off you gotta prioritize your health get sleep get exercise pay attention to your nutrition all mm -hmm. those things are going to help you be a better you and help you be in a better mood really i mean all the good endorphins all those things right you're not going to get them you're, you're just going to be dragging yourself through life much less the fire department if, right. if you're not keep it taking care of yourself and it takes self-control it takes discipline to do all this it's hard to do you know and, and again that's in the book like hey self-control this is serious it's it's hard mm -hmm. but you gotta you know pummel your body leave it lead it as a slave kind of kind of deal that's biblical yeah, um, yeah. but w what it means is you know that sucks. <laughs> it's yeah. hard. Yeah. You, know, you got to beat yourself up and, and then tell, tell yourself what to do all day, you know? Right. And, and that's how I stay number one positive is because I built that foundation to where I can be positive. And then I take that and I bring it to the station and I look at the people that I work with and I say, I'm going to be the best officer that I could be, you know, for, for, for them. And I'm more of like the emotional side of things when it comes to that, where I'm going to look at my, my crew and say, I, I want them to be happy and not happy. Like we get to eat ice cream and laze around all day. Right. Right. But like 
truly happy. That's not happy. That yeah. that's you know frivolous. But you know, be interested in what they're interested in. Find out what they need, what's mm-hmm. bothering, all those things. And that gives that also gives me contentment, and it helps me to continue to love the job when I go when I look forward to going to right. the job. Right. Right. I look at that as a family. Right now, the family unit's under attack. I think you could ag- agree with that as a whole society yes. authority being oh, attacked, yeah. everything being attacked. Well, the, yes. the firehouse, that's a family unit, right? It's under attack too. Everything's trying to pull it apart. Social media, all the bull crap, mm-hmm. trying to pull it apart, all the negativity. Right. So if you can strengthen yourself at home and you can bring that to the firehouse and strengthen that, that's what it's going to take to survive. And I, I like working on that. It makes me love the job when I come to work and I get to be with people that I respect and the respect me gives me purpose and meaning. And I'm hoping to give them purpose and meaning. And right. it takes, you know, that sacrifice and the work and all that stuff. And, right. and for those that, that know me, uh, you could say what you will about me, but, but, you know, I, I, I care about you guys. And, and, and that's what I pride myself on is that I, I care about those people. It makes me happy, you know, and that's, that's how I continue to love the job. And, when I, when I love going to work because I love being with the people and I get to go and put that emotional currency back in my bank when we get out there and we slam dunk calls and, and we go the extra mile for people, even if it's putting a pillow behind someone's head. Right. You know what I mean? That's still a little, it's a penny maybe of emotional currency, a yeah, little bit, it's you know? Yeah. Got it. It's something, but we are still doing it. All that stuff adds up and over a career that's, what, what I do to, to, to stay positive about the job, to, to have fun, to know I'm creating something that is for my crew, is for me, it's positive, it's helping other people, you know, all those things together. And I still look forward to go to work. I don't look forward to being up all night. You know that? <laughs> Perks of the job. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not, you know, full of crap totally. You know, there's right. parts of the job I don't yeah. like. Oh but yeah, I still absolutely. look forward to going to work. Right, I look right. forward to having fun. We work out together. We play right. some sports together. We eat meals together. We laugh and joke. We cry sometimes. We laugh sometimes. You know, depending on the call, mm-hmm. we get to, mm-hmm. you know, show up and and show off in, right. in a way. You know, right. when you go and you're doing extrication, the public looks at you like, "Oh my god, this is like this is like a TV show." Yeah, you guys are awesome. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we. We're there to, to help to do things that people can't do. We're empowered right. to do it. Right. And and love it. Right. You know, so you're not doing any fa- anyone any favor if you don't come to work and, and want to do that. You're doing yourself a dis- uh, disfavor. You're doing your crew a disfavor. You're doing the department a disfavor. You're doing the community a disfavor. Right. So just stop it already and have fun. Figure out what it takes to have fun at work. Right. What you need to change at work. Is it yourself? Change that. Is it something that's bothering you at the station? Work it out whatever it is, figure it out and have a good time. Mm-hmm. And all those things will start to fall in line, right? Because when you're happy, you're positive, you have energy, you can do all these things, you can pass the stupid minutia, negativity, baloney. And you're going to have a great time when you go to work and be positive and, and have a career that you can look back on and, you know, yeah. have some respect for yourself. Yeah. With, with, with what you said of being up all night, just, just out of curiosity, what's your station running like what's a normal shift call wise for you uh we we run everything i mean a lot of car accidents if if, as soon as rain touches (laughs) i-95 we are on (laughs) i-95 
I mean, it, and it's a specific rain too. If it's like pouring, then you know, like, okay, people kind of slow down. It might not be that. But if it's like this light rain, dude, we are on 95. And I mean, all kinds of crazy accidents. Mm -hmm. I, my truck's been hit a couple times. Okay. It's, it's, it's nuts out there. So we're running 95, especially when it's raining. And that's usually uh, every, every shift we're on 95, One, hands down, every right. shift. Right. Uh, we, we run a lot of different fire alarms, a lot of different medicals codes ods just a ballpark yeah uh per shift i'd say our station runs at least 10 calls at least 10 and with those 10 you think oh you know some people like 10 that's not bad yeah we could do like two during the day and eight after midnight right or and or they could last five hours right so but yeah at least 10 i i have uh, we have a peak time unit so i have two three-man ambulances Mm -hmm. I have a Quint. There's a brush truck. Uh, we have an EMS captain that goes out of there. We're going to have a battalion chief that goes out of there soon. So we're, we're like the center of the city. We're second due to everything else if it's not first due. So okay. we're, we're running a lot. It could, right. I mean, we, it could be a brush fire. It could be whatever. We, we had a fire at a, like an industrial, we had all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Then we're running the medical calls and we're backing up, but you know how it is on a busy day for those maybe listening. That's not a fireman. It's, it's that it's training it's chores it's shopping and cooking and what, yep. trying to eat and do all the things i mean your day is busy yeah even if there's no calls it, it's still busy because you're right. trying to train and do all these things clean trucks get through the the chores going through inventory lists doing whatever mm -hmm. if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. you're you're busy mm -hmm. during the day so yeah we, we stay pretty busy but the last uh since since covid's ended it's just gradually Going, really picked like up it's and it's going worse, nuts right yeah it's yeah. going nuts yeah so yeah. we we've been running like extrications fires just all kinds of stuff you know but it, it keeps you on your feet and that's what we signed up to do I, I i like running i mean unfortunately that's a bad day for john q public right but i like running big calls every fireman likes running the major call the step yeah. toe they're like forget this you know yes but if yeah. it's on fire like yeah you know like well, and, the and, step toe is easy you're back at the station in yeah. two seconds you yeah know? but but we want to be firemen we want to yeah. run big calls and we want to show off and and show what we know yeah know? i so i tell my wife it's like you know she'll be like oh how was your shift oh it's not bad she'll be like oh well you don't sound i'm like yeah because i kind of wanted a job and she's like and i and i tell her i know it sounds bad but Firemen, real firemen like to go to fires because it's what we signed up for. That's how we get good at the job. But I also look at it as if we're not running those fires, it's making it's making some complacent. Yeah. You don't want to happen. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. But, but I mean, uh, it, it just gets your love going again for the job. Even even training when when training is just kind of doesn't make much sense. It's kind of half assed. Guys are like, forget this, you know? Yeah. But yeah. you get training, it could be freaking hard. Like you are smoked at mm -hmm. the end, but it was realistic and fun. Mm -hmm. People were like, I don't care. You're the laziest guy could have been like, dude, that was awesome. Right. So right. it's just, it may, it, you know, makes you remember the love you have for the job. And right. when you, when you're running even a tough call, you're, you're, it's, you know, down to like, you're, you're working these skills, you're, you're doing these things, whatever, you know, you do what it takes at the end of the call. You're like, dang, dude, I'm a fireman you know right, right. <laughs> so that's, true. that's why everyone's slapping high fives in front of the house fire and then the chiefs are like hey not in front of the yeah people. yeah okay, yeah not stop that please looks bad you're right. back at this firehouse <laughs> <laughs> slap all the high fives you want you know yeah yeah no i i totally get it totally get it um 
So what are your ultimate goals if you haven't already reached some? Oh, uh, man, um, the sky's the limit. And and that's not just for the fire department. I'd, I'd love to do all kinds of things. Really, I'd like to have a very successful, healthy career that I've used to make other people's careers successful and happy. And in the same time, make a difference in somebody's life mm-hmm. in, in the community, whether I know it or not, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I mean, we all like it when someone makes a difference on our lives. So, right. you know, kind of right. spread the wealth. It's good karma. Um, but I'd like to retire and be able to do something else, you know, to, to be healthy enough and a healthiest mental state, healthy physical state to go on and maybe do something else, become a pilot or something. I don't know. Right. But, but to have that opportunity to do, to do that. And that's, that's why being a fireman is so amazing. You know, a lot of times with career departments that it could give you the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. So be happy for what you have, that you could retire at an age and hopefully with a benefit package where you could go on and, and do something that you love at an older age, you know, if right. you wanted to be a golf pro you know, or something, I don't know, yeah. whatever yeah. you want to do, you know, right. but, but that's kind of, for me, I'd, I, I want to, you know, retire happy and healthy. I want to travel with my kids. I want to have enough money to be able to do that. I want to show them what I saw when I traveled, you know, give them a perspective on the world, give them a healthy outlook and, and, of inclusivity you know to to just be inclusive of, of all walks of life and you get that through travel just to, to be in engulfed in, in different cultures and, and everything i i've found that like amazing you know just eating different foods and seeing how you know people live their life and then also being looking on what i have and and having more respect for it and and more appreciation and it's just like a healthier state of mind so like to do that for my kids and and i don't know have, have a second career in something i like to make beer so maybe i'll hey, brew for, <laughs> yeah maybe i'll brew for a, a brewery or something i mean right, it's hard right. to frown doing that you know right so, yeah yeah i don't know you know the sky's the limit and i, I find that exciting that that the, that the department gives me that ability to where i have that available to me and mm-hmm. for those that have lost sight of that be happy for that right let all these things really work on you and turn that negativity into positivity. If you're having that negativity in your life. Yeah. No. Great. Awesome. Couldn't state that any better. Yeah. Um, Well, we've talked about the other one a lot, so I won't hit that one, but your, but my last question for you, what do you, in your opinion, what do you think the American fire service can improve on? Right. So we talked about communication already. Mm-hmm. That was number one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't beat that horse anymore. But I think um, going back to that tradition and history thing that we could definitely progress, we could definitely do things better and and figure out, just be honest with ourselves and, and humble to say, okay, you know, we don't need to wash the wheels every time we pull the truck in because it's not a carriage anymore type of thing okay to, to where we can say okay this isn't working let's try something new so just to be a little bit more maybe progressive that way try new things um respect tradition look at it and be happy for what it is and was but make new traditions okay too okay. um and i think that improving on our station level um 
camaraderie, all those different things I, I think is, is huge. I think improving the officers is huge. That's the whole thing of this book because the, the scene of the fire service is changing in that who is coming into the fire service, what generation they are, what they expect to get out of their careers. Mm -hmm. The fact that they're not scared to leave mm -hmm. and try something else. Yes. Um, seeing that a lot. So we have to, you know, change a lot of the ways that we've dealt with these things in the past. And that's kind of why I called it the modern fire officer of the book is because you're going to have to become that to capture these individuals that work so hard to come and be a fireman or firewoman and keep them there. Keep them there. Yeah. You know, and, and be that rock uh, for them. And, and again, that, that comes from, you know, being that servant leader, being vulnerable, being honest, all those things. So I, th I think that's what the fire departments can definitely work on is humanizing that and allowing the departments empowering the humanization too at that level. So that means understanding PTSD better, understanding the needs, you know, physical, mental needs of your firefighters better, uh, not demonizing substance abuse to where, you know, one infraction, you're gone kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We, we got to, times are changing with, you know, marijuana, things like that. Right. Um, not that I'm saying we should be using marijuana because yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm just saying yeah. there's a reason why firefighters unfortunately resort to those things mm -hmm. and kicking them out of the department because of that is, is doing no one a favor. Exactly. It's doing the community. It's doing the department. It's doing that person a disfavor. So we need to rethink and, uh, those those issues big time and stop demonizing those and instead attack it in a method of help mm -hmm. what can i do to help you because a lot of the feeling that we get from the departments and sometimes we feel like from admin and or even officers is that you're guilty till proven innocent <laughs> and it should be the other way around it should be right. like okay how can like are you okay how can i help you Mm -hmm. what can I do for you kind of thing? Not why'd you do that? You're out of here or, yeah. you know, that you were wrong. This was stupid, you know, right. like, okay, was this partly my fault? You know, was, were these, you know, systems that we haven't played missed. wrong. Right. Right. And if so, change them. <laughs> if not, you know, how can we help you to, to get better? All these things are a part of humanizing the fire department that we're not doing and the private sector is doing. So we're, we're going to lose people to the private sector because they're, they're able to humanize, you know, their, their workplace when we're not. And we're the epitome of humanizing the community, right? giving them dignity back, helping right. them with customer service. So that's that's I want to see that external customer service that, <clears throat> you know, that every admin wants to see, you mm -hmm. know, because they, they want to provide a, pub, a service to the public that's mm -hmm. going to make taxpayers <clears throat> think, wow, my money is going far. Right. I want to see that turn around and come back into the fire house, right? To where, and and that's going to take a lot of courageous chiefs, essentially, to stand up for for these things, to put their name on it, mm -hmm. and to say this is this is what our guys need. We got to rethink how we approach these very sensitive subjects, and right. and there's going to be growing pains with a lot of that, right? Where, you know, you're, you're going to hit the ball off the tee and it's, it's going to be a foul ball. It's not going to be a home run. And, 
but we got to keep going to where we can really humanize the, the workplace to where it needs to be in modern times to deal with everything that we're dealing with because it's a lot it's 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 much more than it than it used to be and it's much more i think than even because uh, it's it's been happening at such an accelerated pace than than what our some of our chiefs have even experienced in their careers right to what we're experiencing now yeah so we got to accelerate that awareness and accelerate protocols and contractual items that that not only mitigate those things but can humanize them and make them more just useful to us so that we can succeed, you know, in our jobs instead of demonizing us if, if these things happen, because I definitely believe more and more through, through time, we're going to be dealing with serious, more serious issues with PTSD as these calls and these things become crazier. We have more responsibilities placed upon us. And if we're not mitigating that and we're not mitigating it through channels of our own department not just on our own but we're receiving help too right it's it's going to be a disaster no totally agree it can only get worse if 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 we don't if you don't figure something out yeah so So that's that's what i think for the future of the fire service right now that's just one piece of the puzzle yeah 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 i mean because i i can see it you know you see it you see it a lot now you know with certain parts of the country talking about defunding the police uh where did they use their tactics right and it's kind of already trickling into the fire service a little bit Mm -hmm. anytime you roll up on an emergency scene there's this little thing with 720p 1080p 4k captures what the fire department's doing and oh yeah start questioning hey why'd you do this tactic or why didn't you do this so we're also under the microscope oh yeah yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's essentially an attack on authority, and we are mm-hmm. an authority. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to keep that authority respectful, we're going to have to respect the men and women that are the authority and yeah. give them the tools to be respectable. Right. And that has to do with money. Obviously, we've got to put money in a budget to do training, and so stupid things don't happen, things yeah. that should not happen. Yeah, I, 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 I'll tell you this. I heard it once and it, 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 it definitely resounded with me, but I, and I don't know about all fire departments, but uh, one guy was saying how most fire departments, the smallest, the smallest, uh, I don't, don't want to butcher it, but pretty much what he was getting at was the smallest amount of money usually goes into the training budget. Yeah. And when you think about it, it's like, Training is what we do. That shouldn't be the smallest itemized part in the fire department. You know, you have payroll, you have apparatus, equipment, but training's just, and I'm like, I never thought of it. And that's- Yeah, you're seeing the same issue with the United States with the the smallest amount of money is going to education. Right. And now you are having, unfortunately, less educated people (laughs) as a part of your nation. Right. So it's the same thing with the fire department. You don't educate or take care of your people. You're going to get what you pay for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, but Jared, man, it's been true. Yeah, this has been good. Uh, I know some people, some friends of mine and coworkers and people I've met that are definitely going to enjoy this one because you hit a lot of topics and you hit it on the, you hit the, you hit the head on the nail with a lot of it because 
I can tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm working through it. So, um, yeah, this was great. Um, I got to give a shout out to Jake, Jake Barnes for hooking me up. Cause Jake was like, man, I have a guy that you need to interview. And I was like, okay, send him. So <laughs> it's, it's been great, man. It really has. Really yeah. It's has. been, it's been a nice conversation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I didn't ask you. So, you, you, what do you guys work? Twenty four forty eights, or because yeah, I know that, that, that's a hot topic right now yeah. too. You're, you're gonna hate me. No, no, no. Twenty four seventy twos. Oh, so you work? Yeah. So no, I Kelly. have a buddy of mine that works in DC. That's what they work. Twenty four seventy two. Yeah. If you ever have a chance to go to twenty four seventy twos, you make sure that that happens. Whatever you have to do, it is so much better than twenty four forty eights. Even even without the Kelly day, it's just so much better. Nice. You have that day in between to to recover where yeah. you're not going on or coming off duty. It's just yeah. it's necessary. I think yeah. most, if not all, fire departments need to seriously reevaluate their work week and and move towards um, a more attentive, like tenable work yeah. um, schedule like yeah. that because you have to be able to uh, rehabilitate yourself yes. in between shifts and yeah, you can't do that on a 2440 in my opinion I agree and i and we've gone through this where we you know it's it's like taboo to talk about but the idea of a 4896 was brought up and you know firemen they don't like change we like things the way they are but from what i've heard because even i was like ooh, 4896 but everybody that i've talked to that worked a 2448 and went to a 4896 has said we won't go back and I've heard really good things with the 2472s. The only thing is, I don't think my department's going to be like, hey, we're going to hire a whole new platoon, a whole new shift to make that happen. So I do envy right, yeah. that. Yeah, it's a money thing, but it's it's investment. So you invest in something and then, you know, then it grows. If you don't invest in it, it doesn't grow. So yeah. you get a better product. You get what you're looking for. You get fire firemen that aren't, you know, either just in crisis, you know, cause they're exhausted mentally, physically, mm -hmm. you know, you get, you get firemen that are out there with energy to, you know, do, do customer service second to none. So it's, it's what you want to invest in really. Right. And, and it's about research too. What does the research show? Yeah. Listening to that research, finding that, that money, you know, it's tough that, you know, I'm not saying chief level positions aren't tough. Right. They got a lot, lot to fight for you know mm -hmm. empower them to fight to to make work conditions better power your union to make work conditions better um you know it's all part of being part of the community and the part of giving good customer service to your community because oh, when absolutely. you get out there and you do a great job and they comes up on some uh voting for 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 your township your county mm -hmm. whatever hey we want to mm -hmm. help the firemen they're going to look at that little check mark and say, you know what? These guys did their best for me. I'm going to do my best for them. I'm right. going to put a check mark right here. Right. So it's, awesome. uh, it's all part of the circle. It's karma. Yeah. Yeah. Karma comes full circle. But uh, like I said, man, it was a pleasure. Uh, oh, tell people how they can, how, how they can get, get your book. I always do the little shameless plug. Right. <laughs> plug away, man. Plug away. So it's it's available on uh, Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Amazon has uh, the print version, ebook, Audible, and so you can go to my website, modernfireofficer.com, is on there, and 
when this podcast comes out, I'll put that on there too. The podcasts that I've been on are on there. You can contact me through there if you'd like. Um, but yeah, so it's modernfireofficer.com without the, the just modernfireofficer.com. But do me a huge favor if you get the book on Amazon and, and you enjoyed it, please uh, leave a review for me on Amazon. Uh, awesome. That helps big time. Yeah. Awesome. And you did say you have it in the, um, the audible version. Yes. Audible too. Cool. Cool. Cause like, yep. <laughs> I'm not I know a fireman, leader, but I love, I can, I've gone through so many books through audible. So I'm probably yep. going to go that route. Great. But I, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Sorry. It's been great. Um, I, I will definitely, we'll keep in contact and um, I'm sure the listeners, the ones that are truly into the job are, are going to enjoy this episode. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.